0: your heart the church has been entrusted with the truth of God with his greatest revelations therefore she does not bend to the whims (coughs) and desires of ever-changing fallen men and their ever-changing cultures something I've written here I'd like to read this is one of the things which frightens me most about the contemporary reformed movement. It seems that many are not presenting the church to the world as the pillar in support of the truth, but as intellectual, cultural, and cool. In such cases, the scandal of the gospel is lost, freedom becomes licentiousness, and much time is wasted trying to convince the world that we are not as ignorant, unsophisticated, and unhip as it thinks we are. In the end, the world is not convinced and we just look silly. Brothers, have you studied history? If I were to put in a nutshell the difference between the Reformation and an apostate Roman Catholicism, notice I don't say Roman Catholic Church. I don't believe it ever was a church. But if I were to draw a distinction, this is what you would see. Roman Catholicism didn't care about the truth at all. It would go into a culture and like a whore would paint its face any way it had to paint its face in order to attract that culture. If it mean adapting some pagan god or some pagan ritual, or do whatever it had to do to reach the people. The Reformation comes along and says, no, sola scriptura, we will Not, We will not build the church according to the changing whims of an ungodly culture. We will change that ungodly culture by the power of the immutable gospel. Now you say amen, but look at what's being done in evangelicalism. Just open your eyes and look at what's being done. Even the so-called conservatives and evangelicals, look what's being done. Find out about the culture. Find out about the culture. Find out about the culture. Do everything you can. Look, stop worrying about the culture. Find out about God. Find out about Scripture. Find out what God says in the Bible and just do it. Do what He says and stop. You know what it's like? It's a bunch of little boys playing army. Because it's a lot easier to get a tattoo on your arm. It's a lot easier to look cool. It's a lot easier to open up a coffee shop than it is to fast for two weeks till the power of God falls down on a place. Or study scripture eight hours a day until you think your brain is gonna melt. But that's what men of God do, that's why we're called men of God. We love people, but we know the best way to help people is to spend most of our time with God so that when we walk out among the people, we have something to say to them. Thus saith the Lord, not the latest poll says this. Now the rule of the church. Oh brothers, 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 I tell you I'm here to preach. And it is embarrassing. Honestly. Last week I was out with at Dr. MacArthur's. You know how embarrassing it is? I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Texas. PhD where I'm from means post hole digger. Sometimes I sit around and even at this conference, like D. a D.A. Carson's there and all these people, and the only thing I can think of is, well, I can skin a deer faster than these guys. I am not the sharpest crayon in the box. But look, brothers, look how easy it is. Look at verse 14. I am writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, what does he do? I write. I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God. How do you know what to do in the church? Only through what is written. Sometimes I've been asked to teach music ministers. I don't play an instrument and I can't sing. But here's one of the things that I've done that they have said is most helpful to them. I've said this, in your study of worship, you know, when you began in Genesis and read all the way through the Scriptures to the book of Revelation and then put every text together and developed your theology of worship, what did God show you? And they go, well, I, 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 I didn't do that. I said, you know, God killed two worship leaders in Leviticus 10. When you read His Word, do you fear Him? Prayer can sometimes be one of the most joyful things in the world. Reading the Word can sometimes be so joyful. Prayer also can be like kneeling three feet away from an F5 tornado. Do you not know this God? He is to be respected. You are a steward. He did not ask your opinion in one matter. He only told you go to what is written and do that. And I can assure you there's enough com- there's enough commands in the scripture so that if you do them you won't have time to do all this other foolishness. Brothers, you have read, haven't you? 1 Corinthians 3. Look there for just a moment. Let me read. Verse 12, now if a man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Brothers, have you, how can you know that your 30 years of ministry is not going to be burned up like chaff? Only if in those 30 years of ministry, you have only done what God has commanded you to do in the written word of God as a steward.
1: Hey, James.
2: Hey, this Shea. This is yes. Pastor Jay with Real Talk Weekend. Hello, saints of God and aints of God. How are you doing, Sister Shay? Say hello to the people.
1: I am wonderful. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. God, we're going to talk about some issues today, some topics today. Now, we tried recording and technical difficulty kicked in, but this time, hopefully, uh, it won't and disturb us this time. So far, so good. So let's go ahead and get started. Steph Curry's wife, let's recap that. What happened?
1: Red Table Talk, one of the best things I think that happened to social media in a long time. Problem of the matter is, we are so judgmental and so ready to come for anybody that tells their truth. And I just Mm -hmm. think that we're wrong, you know, for doing it that way and blowing stuff up. But as soon as her husband comes and protects her, then all of a sudden it's crickets. So. You know, everybody wanted him to be mad and feel disrespected in some way, shape, form or fashion. But instead, he Mm -hmm. came back and said, I'm proud of you, baby, for being transparent in that platform. So I I pray that everything that she was feeling or is feeling, it gave her an opportunity to really have that discussion with her husband, even though she, you know, made that conversation go viral the way that it did. Um, Mm -hmm. I just pray that, you know, it comes out the way it's supposed to in the end. And not harm mm-hmm. them in any way, shape, form, or fashion.
2: Mm-hmm. So what did she actually say? Because some of our listeners may not know what she said. And who are we talking about? Phil Curry, And his, what is his wife's name?
1: Aisha Curry is her name. Okay. And uh, on the Red Table Talk, she was just kind of disclosing that she had some insecurities there. As far as everybody's mm-hmm. always has so much attention going on towards her husband. Then then nobody is checking for her in that way. And so Jada responded to that and said, girl, somebody checking for you and let me know, tell you who's who knows and pays attention, your husband. <laughs> so okay. the way that that was said, it was like, so you have a man that's faithful to you. He's a millionaire and you still feel like you need something from another man. And in the way I heard it was more than needing attention from another man. As much as it was that she just is invisible right now, because Mm -hmm. she is Steph Curry's wife, she doesn't have her own identity in this in the media at this point yet. Um, Well, she found her little spot now, (laughs) and we now know that she has a cooking show and some things that she is trying to do to find that spot. But the sweet spot hasn't hit for her just yet.
2: Well, you know, if you really think about it, with athletes. How many athletes do you know? Michael Jordan's wife's ex-wife's name?
1: Ah, uh, I forgot. Juanita or something.
2: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Do you know Magic Johnson's wife's name?
1: Hucky.
2: Yeah. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, a lot of times with athletes, especially the male athletes, um, it's not required by their fans to know the wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To pay true. attention to the wife, it's not required. They want Steph Curry to put baskets in the goal. They don't. They don't really care about his wife. I think. uh, uh what's her name? Uh, the tennis player, uh, the number one tennis player in the world, the world greatest. Tennis player.
1: Mm.
2: Not Venus. Serena.
1: Serena. Mm-hmm. Serena.
2: I don't know her husband's name. You're
1: right. <laughs> You're right.
2: And I, care, and, I and I don't care to know her husband's name. You know, it, it's just kind of funny. It's like when we attach ourselves to these mega stars and it's almost as if you know and I'm just going to say this from the way I hear it I'm not going to go in on her it's just that I think it's a natural thing to become jealous in a way yeah. mm-hmm. because I mean they want him sign my tennis shoes sign my back sign my wristband and she's standing right next to him and they like who is and you know who, who 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 is this and like you say not even who is it they don't even exist yeah and yeah. sometimes I think um, that's good because it protects them from the um the wolves that's out here that are really trolling them for real that wants to destroy them you know what I'm yeah. saying they're married through infidelity on his part you know let's let's be honest you know he's a superstar and he has groupies he does and they're and they're there to get what they can get and if possible get her slot. So sometimes the protection comes
1: from... I think, too, is because she's also a modest woman. So she's not trying to get the Instagram type of affection anyway, you know? So she's never going... Because we didn't know what Kim Kardashian was or did either. She just married a famous person, and now she has... Or thing, you know what I mean? And then her whole family ended up becoming famous based off of her.
2: Well, let's let's be real. She became famous when she slept with Ray J. That's true. Yeah, that kicked her off into that side equation, and then she ended up being more famous than him. Mm Mhm. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So you never know. You know, when you're dealing with somebody, can you handle? You know, if they become. uh, famous, especially in the Christian world, with these these superstar pastors. That's going on, and you know, and I don't know if you know much about John Gray's situation. Uh Have you heard of him?
1: I do. I love him and his wife. Okay. they crack me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it seems
2: like he cannot, for some reason or another, Do you think? This just us talking because it's real talk. Do you really think? That he won't, I mean, he's like getting caught up every other week, it seems like.
1: He really is. Yeah, it was a rough I mean, 20- yeah. 20
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, Larry Reed Live just had another female on here talking about um another encounter. As of oh, as of the uh Stella Awards. Oh wow. Yeah, this this woman if, if, if anybody listens to Larry Reed Live. He was talking to a lady that was at the Stellar Awards that was in John Gray's hotel room and has his t-shirt.
1: Oh, Lord, today.
2: You know, and it's like, I think it's one of those things because I've been there, not on his level, but at a level of success, it's like, you can't handle it, so you you self-destruct. Yeah. You know, he can't handle that level of success, so it's almost like he's sabotaging himself so he can get comfortable with itself again
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and, and it's, it's just a shame because I don't know his game plan but if it's, if he think that if his if his wife divorced him forces he divorcing her if they gonna let him keep that church that ain't gonna happen that ain't gonna happen the John Gray that we know this media mogul and all that stuff that will all disappear if him and his wife get divorced Because we have to remember, it's in these in these churches, especially the African-American churches, it's the women who have the power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the woman who has the power, the woman who has the purse. And they trust me, and I've seen them band together behind the white. You know, they all band together behind the white. You know, and it, it depends how she takes it. She waves her hand and say, Okay, I'm gone, they'll say okay. But if she said if she causes a problem or causes some friction, it could destroy his ministry. Not that he didn't do it, bring it upon himself, but it could destroy his ministry. Because they're the ones who foot in the bill of these churches. In the African American church, the, the African American woman has the power. My bishop told me one time, if the if the women left the church, he was leaving too. <laughs> uh,
1: I get that because overall, more women in the church than men anyway, and we yeah. we will stick together. Usually, we will mm. stick together. And be like, oh well, he must have did something wrong. We always assume when someone breaks up that it was the man's fault anyway. Um,
2: well, Gray, in John Gray's situation, you ain't got to assume because he getting caught up. Yeah. And publicly, he's getting caught up. hmm You know, his mistresses are turning on him and going on talk shows and telling it, and they got receipts and everything.
1: That's unfortunate. You know,
2: now, let me ask you a question about that. Would you continue to follow him and you know these allegations were true? That in your heart you knew they were
1: true.
2: You had enough evidence to know that they were true. Would you still follow him as your pastor?
1: You know what? I I, I I'm I'ma think about that from a different standpoint because okay. I absolutely had to consider with the Eddie Long situation. What would I have done? Yeah, in that yeah. Case. Um I think for me, I don't know that I would say that I would leave the church. I would really have to talk to God about that because and the reason why I'm saying that is because I can only think about myself not having mm-hmm. a platform and the challenges that I've had to face mm-hmm. and I have said to people at times in my life that it was sometimes when I was at my most raggediest points when God used me the most mm-hmm. so it's because of those things that I wouldn't just jump ship just because I really would mm-hmm. have to directed by God because even though we make these falls, doesn't mean that I lost the anointing or the call, you know, that God placed on me. That's why, you know, the scripture that comes to mind that that God gives uh, comes without repentance.
2: Yeah, the gifts of God comes without repentance, yeah. That's
1: right. Because it's it's on you. It's who I am. So Mm -hmm. I can't separate those two in that sense. I just pray that I can have some compassion and, and pray that he gonna you know, get himself together, and does he want to be better and do better? Mm-hmm. Is going to be what I would have to pay attention to, not just straight up. Oh, okay, my pastor a Buster. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that to him because I've been a buster and I've been a buster while in ministry. <laughs> so well, you I
2: just lost that like, you brought that up? It made me rethink it too because I was I, I looked at the Bible closely. God anointed people in their humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he, there was no perfect person through the Bible. Abraham was a drunkard. Moses yeah. was a murderer. Uh, uh, and on and on and on and on. Gideon was a coward. You know, it's like people get anointed. As a matter of fact, he called Gideon a mighty man of valor. And Gideon, like, who, you talking to me? You mm-hmm. need to be talking to somebody else. Because I'm actually hiding right now. You know? So, so, so yeah I, I had to rethink that because a question was posed to me just because they've fallen does that mean that all their work should be scandalized and nobody yeah. got saved you know and I thought about that you know and at first I was on the normal and I would say the normal side of the hike he ain't no good he gonna go to you know what I'm saying ain't no that judgmental thing and then I had to turn around and put that mirror on myself and said if I was in the same situation, I would hope that the work that I did do that was for the Lord that got people saved would be more recognized than my fall, even if I had to fail, even if I failed the leadership. Yeah. But we're just like that. Like you said, we're quick to throw everything you've done out the window, no matter how long you did it for good, for a small time lapse in judgment that may be publicized. Mm-hmm. yeah so I, like I say I, I agree with you on that I, I would have to go to the Lord to see if I could be used to help him or maybe the best thing to help him sometimes the best thing is to do is to leave yeah. and give him time kind to of reflect where he doesn't have the pressure of that platform and, be, and because of our mega ministers uh, uh, seem to be right now being exposed. They seem to be ex- ones are getting exposed every other week. It has opened the door, like I was talking to you earlier about. Uh, you know, I just find it strange that we're starting to make our entertainers, you know, our spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting to. You know, it's just funny. It's like they're. You know, if you think about, it, let's let me go, let me tell you it's the trend I saw. Every every game show now, if not all, are ran by comedians. hmm Okay. Price is right, Jim Carrey. You got Steve Harvey. Then you got you got all of them have done game shows. Okay. Then you got the athletes doing game shows.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I saw them moving from there to the talk show realm. Okay people who make you laugh now they're doing so-called serious talk shows and now they're moving from that into the spiritual realm the church and they're automatically elevated to leadership you follow what I'm saying mm-hmm. because they already have our ear they're already uh, uh, elevated to leadership and I just think that in some cases because I can't say all that may be a dangerous trend because the Bible says that they're going to follow people that tickle their ears. Yeah. You know, you know, if Steve Harvey says something that's more credible spiritually than your local pastor. Because you listen, you, you listen to Steve Harvey every day. Absolutely. Either his show, the game show, something. He's, he's in your ear and access to your ear every day. And your local pastor may have one hour once a week and then well two hours total bible study and service to try to uh get spiritual into your ear
1: mm-hmm.
2: what do you think about
1: that i agree um it is now it's just come down to who's viral and who's hot and that's what it is and our attention span is so short no one really wants to um have their life changed No one wants to put the work in. They just want to be like, oh, that's deep and leave it there at the surface part and not even pay attention to everything that they went through. People don't remember just thinking about Steve Harvey when he first did the uh, award show on BET for the gospel thing, how pissed off the Christian world was. Right. But he kept, you know, pressing. And then he ended up hosting that show every year for something like 11 years. Mm-hmm. but it it changed his life as far as that's concerned so now he had an opportunity to get close to God because he was accepted problem of the matter is the world then said okay Steve Harvey keeps it real and what that looks like is that he doesn't have any accountability and right. that's why they follow him because they don't want the truth <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's really shifted and it's made everything different I think mm-hmm. we can talk about parenting. We can talk about so many things because we felt like things didn't take, quote unquote, all of that. And so because mm-hmm. we kept doing that, we kept walking further and further away of what the word of God says. And so yeah. now if we're trying to put that gray area in everything. What better way to do that than to give us a comedian that can LOL in, in Jesus name? Right. So it's like, no, that's real dangerous. But then at the same time, when they fall, the grace is given because it's like, Mm -hmm. well, he is a comedian or they never looked at him as a man of God. They looked at him as a comedian who loved Mm God. You know what I mean? Because I think who is different Mm -hmm. in that sense. The Ricky Smiley, for instance, much different because he's definitely... He includes God in everything that he does. And we all know that's mm-hmm. serious business. Even though he has a career, you know, where he cuts the steel and all of that. But they're not going to take away from it at all. You follow him on uh, Facebook or Instagram. You can see what Ricky Smiley's life is about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where his heart is, how he treats children, all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that between those two, it's quite interesting to watch. How that goes, but because he can crack you up, they're like, okay, yeah, that's what it is. That's how they want the people to be. Um, mm-hmm. and I can say for myself. And transition from going to a church where my pastor was old man to now my pastor is the same age as me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's quite a difference. You feel like they can speak to something to your life that maybe someone older can't. Right. And so that's what happens. We pick our leaders according to if we can identify with them or not.
2: I was listening to a to a message at the G three conference, and I can't get the person who gave this quote. But he said that in today's time, all you need is a pair of skinny jeans, some funny glasses, and a tattoo of Jesus on your arm, and people mm-hmm. will follow you. And because people will follow you because of that, the Bible says that in the latter day they're not they will not adhere to sound doctrine. It's yeah. more of the like you said, the viral visual. Versus the soundness of the doctrine, and it's easier to do that than to get in the book and study the book and and learn from the book and 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 teach the book. But if I can get a gimmick, if I can get, you know, you got pastors putting on uh, harnesses and flying across stages, you know, and it's and it's like, where does it end as far as the people are perishing for lack of knowledge, not lack mm-hmm. of entertainment. Yeah. And 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 you could be you could be indoctrinated into even we talk about old church there's this new church that you could be indoctrinated to and still miss Jesus. Cuz this new church has all the bells and whistles, all the all the sidebar ministries, but where's the talk about sin? I mean, let let let's be honest. One, there's only one thing Jesus came to do for us for sure. It's to save us from our sin. Yeah. I mean and and that's not you know the Bible the Bible talks about preaching the gospel because it's the power unto salvation. It's the gospel of peace. It's the gospel of reconciliation. But now the gospel is is being being not taught in lieu of social uh secular let's let's create a cake bake ministry so we can invite more people who like to bake cakes into our church and then when you try to do the bait and switch almost a bait and switch because at some point you might try to throw in the gospel that talks about the sin the people get upset because they say you didn't bring me in on that pretense Mm -hmm. you brought me in on baking cakes and the day you stop baking cakes is the day you're going to lose them you know and I'm not saying not to have these things but all these social things that we call ministry is really not ministry Agreed. yeah this is just not ministry it's just not ministry it's it's social and it's okay and again I want people to understand I ain't got no problem with you going to have bowling I don't have any problem with you going to do anything you want to do but everything that we do in the world that's social between human beings is not ministry
1: yeah and I, I think that because people are so lost they'll take it from anywhere too that's really what's happening so, we're missing mm-hmm. our window as Christians to make God relatable. I think the greatest thing that I ever learned in my Christian walk is that God was tangible. Once I understood mm-hmm. that, it changed everything.
2: Okay. And hey, when you God, say tangible, what do you mean by
1: tangible. that? Tangible, in the sense that I deal with God as if He really is my friend. Okay that's how I communicate with him that's why I spend time with him the way that I do because what I am very aware of is just like if I was trying to date someone I cannot Mm -hmm. fall in love with them unless I spend time with them (laughs) so -hmm. spending time with him I fell in love with him and in turn I changed and so let
2: me ask you this question when you say you're his friend let me ask you this question could that be you know when somebody hears that statement and from you since I kind of know you I understand what you're saying but I can see somebody taking that as God's my coffee buddy Mm -hmm. and there's a reverence for him yeah you know God's my coffee buddy there's no honor there's no reverence there's no allness see I don't look at my friends and go all like a little child you know when God says come to me like a little child what he's doing is painting a picture of Uh, a child look up at a parent and going, oh my God, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the awesomeness of God. When We will them down to, sometimes when people say that I get nervous because what they're doing is making God like them. It is humanity's like us, but His deity is not like us. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like, he's not your next door neighbor that you go over and y'all play dominoes together with. He's God. He created the earth, heavens and the earth. He called things into existence as if they were. He's 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 Alpha and Omega. He's gonna because he this God that everybody's friend with. How's he supposed to come? The Bible says he's coming back with a sword in his mouth and fire in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, like, yeah. it's like almost an American the American gospel takes the reverence of gospel. Because we do have an Americanized gospel in America that tends not to reverence God, and I'm not saying you're not doing that. But like I said, when I hear people say, "I look at him like my friend," I I know the Bible says God called me His friend. Mm -hmm. But, but you know, that's him always condescending to our level. You know, that's him all because you know Jesus came down to save us. God, you know, this is the great thing about Christianity. It's one of the only religions where the God comes down and condescends himself to save his creation. And I think the reverence for God a lot of times is lost. But I know you reverence God, so I don't want nobody think no difference, because I know you do. Yeah. I I just think
1: for me, I I had to do it as friend only because. It's in that time that I can be comfortable. It's in there Mm -hmm. that I can be vulnerable. And so that's why I had to be that friend for me. Because in order for me to get to where I need to be, I had to be honest. And you aren't honest about yourself with associates the same way you are with your friends. I got you. Um, And so that's kind of how I had to do it to make it make sense to me. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, Because when I got saved initially... Um, it was kind of by force, like I said before. (laughs) I moved to St. Louis. My whole family was saved. And so, bam, I was at church. And bam, I ended up being a singer. Bam, all of that just started to happen. But as I became an adult, it was like, oh, wait, hold on. It's something to this whole God thing. Let me see what this is. And so Mm -hmm. God had himself real to me. Mm -hmm. And um, once that started to happen and the relationship started to come, you know, full circle, it's like, oh, okay. I want okay. to talk to him enough to where, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder too, like, as far as parenting is concerned, depending upon the era that you grew up in, your parents were never your friend. Right. Whereas now- It's, <laughs> it's much later. Yeah, so much, it's much, later. much later. So it's like that balance, that sweet spot that I'm in is that I I can reverence him and mm. also speak to him humbly and just say, hey God, it's me. I need your help, but at the same mm-hmm. time, he tell me, "Pop, ah, my fault. I don't want to get a whooping today." So let me let me pull myself together. So, yeah, right. You, know, right. You, have have you
2: have that balance. You have that. And I like you said that balance. It's almost like you know when I went through with my dad when I had to come back and take care of him. My him and my mom. It's like my dad has had dementia, and Alzheimer, and he was going through that phase. And we were going through that angry phase. We were going through that. You can He was trying to. He was trying to stay the greatest man I ever known for his son. Mm -hmm. But his mind was his mind was going. And and, and it took me a time to adjust to that. But every now and then, his mind would come back to him as he lost the ability to go to the bathroom on his own, all that. He would look up to me and say, son, I love you. And I thought about that in my relationship with God. God became real for me when he when I realized that there was someone I could turn to that could do something about my condition. Or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? And we're just we're just we're just taking our different personal approach. I needed so I didn't need another friend. I didn't need another associate. I needed a God. A real one. Not an idol, because money was my God, sex was my God, power was my God, but I needed a real one. I needed, and not the God, hold on, and not the God of church, church, church.
1: Yeah, you know, I've never had God that of church
2: experience. Yeah, I didn't want the God that 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 made me feel so uncomfortable that I would never ever talk to him. Yeah. I was scared of him, and scared, scared not so much of what he would do. But scared that they're, the God that was exhibited to me in church was such a, a mean, angry God all the time. So I don't want to have dealing with that God, but I wanted a God. And then when I found out that this God loved me enough to do something, you know, there's, there's one scripture that, and everybody has a scripture that got them in. You know, there's a scripture when I learned it, it just got me in and it's Romans 2 and 4 don't you know that the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? That yeah. just blew my mind. Because when you think of goodness, you don't think of repenting. Yeah. And I'm like, this God loves me so much that when I pay attention to his goodness, it's going to lead to repentance, which is metanoia, which is the changing of my mind. So it made sense to me. Like a parent. It's the goodness of my parents that made me change my mind. And yes, I had to be chastised. And when the Bible says he chastises those he loves, he started sounding like my dad. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, I get this. There's no greater love than this, that one man would give his life for a friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is what Jesus did for me to that? have eternal life. I was good at making money from, you know what I'm saying? I I never looked at God as, I need to come up. Education gave me that. skill set gave me that. And I know he gave me that graciously to do those things. But I never looked at him for the material. I needed something bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Because I remember one time I was at a party of mine, and that's when I had a lot of money. And everybody else enjoying themselves, and I'm looking out a window just looking out the window and people coming by you know I'm like hey how you doing They're like what's wrong with you and I couldn't really tell them it's like is this it is this all to life everybody's having a good time everybody's partying everybody's doing their thing but this is this it <laughs> and I never contemplated suicide but I said if this is it I'm done
1: yeah so something was still missing even though you had everything on the surface that most people think is success yeah
2: well to my parents to my peers to the people that I my circle I was successful but in my spirit I was empty yeah and I guess that's why I don't use the word friends because I had so called quote unquote friends but none of my friends told me about God, not the God that I know now.
1: Not nah, none. Nah. You right about that. Not one.
2: They, they, matter of fact, they were happy to keep me where I was at because it kept them where they was at, which was high and drunken and, and having a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was 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 on that page. So yeah, I God is so awesome, and I and I, and I guess when I see. Um, us as brothers and sisters in Christ drifting into worldly things warning God, you know, like right now it's Friday night, somewhere in St. Louis, <laughs> there's a $50 line, a $100 line and a $75 line and these people actually get absolutely nothing Yeah. in return. You know, and I'm sure you experience stuff like that you know and, and it, it to me it leaves me empty have you ever been let have you ever been in a service? And it's like this can't be
1: it <laughs> oh my god yes I have um as a matter of fact something that ha- that happens to me even before I even knew scripturally um uh, what it was supposed to be those services with the fifty dollar line the twenty dollar line hundred dollars was always a turn off for me mm-hmm. why would you do this you know to a person because if I don't have maybe I don't want to be embarrassed today you know mm-hmm. the same I mean it's okay. what if I had a thousand dollars you just dumbed me down to a hundred okay. <laughs> so I felt like this is this is really retarded why would we do this to people Um, because we all got the same services just based on what was in my pocket today because I hadn't had lint in my pocket been there felt some kind of way about the hundred dollar line and then I had a hundred dollars but I felt like I needed to do something different it be christ i feel like oh well maybe i just supposed to get this hunt <laughs> so i just feel like uh, a lot of preachers shoot themselves in the foot by doing that and now looking at it i feel like it is the uh example of them having lack of faith mm-hmm. because if god is gonna do what He's gonna do then he's gonna make a way you don't have to stand there and beg me to do it you want me to no. do it or you want god to provide Make up right. your mind what you want. And so I always felt some kind of way about those particular types of things. Uh, I'm so happy, you know, that I don't have to deal with that where I am now and the church I had prior to that. As a matter of fact, on many occasions where the church I had before, service would be so amazing that he would forget that we didn't do offering. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that is refreshing in itself. And it's always Take, I see a difference. There's no begging. And because there's no begging, every need is always met.
2: Amen. Amen. And I, and, and I can say, I know that practically uh, as a pastor myself, we don't have offering time. And people ask me, how do we survive. I said, because when you give quality ministry and transparency in your, what you do with your money, people will give to you. Mm-hmm. They know the box. They know how to give electronically. And then when people come into the church as visitors, because you know we all, you know, the people got their hands on their wallet and their hands on their pocketbook. Because they wait, they're waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They can't even hear the message because they're waiting for not only for the first offering, the second offering, and the third offering. Yeah, you know, being hijacked. so they're ready. They didn't went to the to the quick trip, got a pack of gum. They broke that twenty up five different ways. <laughs>
1: sure <laughs> right because they only giving you
2: two dollars right mm-hmm. because they because they know if it's multiple offerings they need to give it at each one so they won't feel embarrassed yeah. but when I, when I tell people on our advertisement that you can leave your wallet and your purse at home that you don't need to bring that to come to walk and truth just come I want you to hear the word of God I don't care about your money matter of fact we don't want you to give anything because we're trying to give you something yeah. and I found out again quality ministry Transparency, people will give. <clears throat> people will give, and, and 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 it's a beautiful thing not to have that pressure. Yeah. Of, of 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 money. Okay, I'm gonna give you last subject: witchcraft in the church. Talk to me. What you think about? It? What's about witchcraft in the church?
1: Witchcraft in the church. I have definitely seen um, some mixtures taking place. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people. Who are powerful um, in the word and in the church but they also will take some brick dust <laughs> and put it around their house you know what I'm saying to keep bad right. spirits away and so yeah. It's, oh, yeah it's a weird transition in that it's like so we gonna use the brick dust or should we just put some Blessed oil on, you know, what I'm saying over the doorway. Like, what do you want us to to do? How are we gonna do both? And so, yeah, I do see a lot of that starting to take place, especially with the little rocks and stones and stuff like that. I'm seeing people sell on Facebook, um, almost to the point of how they used to sell um, prayer handkerchiefs, stuff right. like that. It's always been a thing it's just right now people are trying to profit in a different type of way and they're going really deep with it incense and frankincense and you know so it's weird to see that transition starting to happen out here
2: well you know uh, and when I think about this we're at a time where the occult is readily shown on TV on a regular basis you know you had you had a show called Lucifer you have all these witch shows, warlock shows all these spiritual shows all these fantasy shows on TV now and I see people are becoming more interested in spiritual, which opens them up not only to Christianity but in the occult too. Yeah, and like you say in the church, and see, this is what I never understood about the church: some of the things that we see in the Bible are prescribed, pros- and some of them are de- described. Meaning, some things God told us to do, prescription. Some of them are just description. Okay, of what happened at that time, it's not required that you walk around a building seven times mm-hmm. for the walls to fall down. That was Jericho, never meant to be done again. There's nowhere God say, okay, this is the key. Walk around a building seven times, or walk up to the Mississippi and say, raise your arms like Moses, and it's gonna open. You know, that's not that when he's he's describing an event of his awesomeness. And God has a purpose when He does those type of miracles, acts, floating heads and stuff like that. Those kind of demonstrations of His power. Okay, and what we've done is take little stuff like okay, putting an oil on your doorpost. Okay, now let's go back. What is that supposed to do? Where do you see that as prescribed in the Bible? Well, the where you get it from is when when the when the eat when the what when the when the, when the, when the uh, 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 Israelites came out of Egypt and he told them to put the blood on the oh, door, door. door and the death angel would pass by. Well, you're not even doing what they did.
1: Right. So
2: you just changed the thing <laughs> <laughs> from blood to oil. Yeah. And, I, and I would tell a person, I'll tell a person this, if your prayers as a saint ain't strong enough, let me tell you something, that, that olive oil ain't going to do it. Ain't no demon scared of no olive oil. I mean, think about how Hollywood is. we we made this thing in church. You can put on all the inanimate objects you want. You need the oil of the spirit in you. Absolutely. You can Crisco your whole house. (laughs) (laughs) You can Crisco your whole house. And I know I'm going to make some people mad, but show me in the Bible where it tells you to do this. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you
1: than he that is in the world.
2: So why you got to get the oil out to do anything on the doorpost? Now, I do believe in anointing, because the Bible even says when you get sick, go get the elders, anoint the person with oil, medicinal purposes. And that's a person. Mm -hmm. That is prescribed. Go get the elders of the church. Pray for the person that they might be saved. And anoint them with oil. We see the anointing of oil passing down of leadership. You know, where yeah. when David got anointed, Jesse uh, I mean, he poured the he poured the uh, oil, Nathan poured the oil on top of his head. You see the oil running down Aaron's beard to mean something. And I get that, but we have to also remember saints of God thought that was the Jews too. And see, and what what has happened to us is it depends on which side of the fish you on. If you're declaring to be a gentile that is saved through the through the through the grace um, um New Testament, the better promises that's in, in Hebrews, then those things that they did really has no no place for us. We got so much power. You got to remember, in that time, the Holy Spirit was outside of them. You know what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit would come do what they got to do and leave. But when Jesus died, and
3: What i want you to do in the churches i want you to get the preachers so into themselves that they ain't worrying about preaching the word they're just worried about performing and uh, they're not gonna preach the word that's gonna make any difference in your life uh, don't let them not preach some of it let them preach a little of it but uh, Confuse them so they don't know how all the connections take place. Uh, loud, loud, because preaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, won't be able to get what they need from the spirit into the natural world. So let them hope uh, and let them holler uh, and let them scream uh, and let them trot uh, because that won't be enough uh, for them to get what they need uh, because they just don't know uh, that the Bible says and all you're getting. Uh, and get understanding, let them have a show, and let them have a good time, let them run around the dome, and let them fall out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah just don't let them understand how to operate in this word if we can keep them away from understanding then we can keep them cut off from what they really had we've already been beat up by Jesus we don't want to go through that no more so we gotta let them have religion give me that old time religion take me back to the old ship of Zion put me back on the rock of ages I want once a week just as long as they can't get nothing but devil we have found you